0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Final Corner Podcast. My name is Colin and I've been speaking to you about the latest news going on in the world of motorsport and giving you my opinion and take on it because you really need that in your life. What expertise do I have to give you opinions on motorsport? Well, I've done a bit of karting, I've got a racing wheel for my Playstation and I've once went to a touring car race. So I'm the perfect guy for the job here. I'm a mechanical engineer, however, it has absolutely bugger all to do with cars, motorsport, racing, anything like that. So, completely armchair quarterback in it right here. Uh, Been a fan of racing for about 15 years. My current diet of motorsport is centered around Formula One and British touring cars. Occasionally dip in out of F2, F3, WC if it's on the TV. Basically, we stick to the main, the main diets on TV. So I thought I'd start by just rounding up the latest round of the Formula One, and giving a little bit of take on the start of the season. Um, the last race was in Spain, in the circuit to Barcelona, catalunya It was a largely pretty uneventful race on both Hamlin with Verstappen in second, Bottas in third. Can't really say much happened during the race. Um, the highlights were probably radio messages, which pretty much tells you how uneventful the actual on-track action was. Max Verstappen in second place um, had a bit of a tête-à-tête with his race engineer over the tire choices and strategy, which felt a bit like a performance really for to get on the TV rather than a genuine conflict between himself and the team. Um, I could understand some of the messages where he was initially saying his tyres were off, I can understand those, but there was a lot of follow-up messages that were broadcast on TV that just felt a bit a bit like a PR move in the car. I mean, Max wasn't in trouble for second place. I think he pretty quickly realised he didn't have the pace to match the Mercedes or Lewis Hamilton. So it all felt a bit unnecessary. But that was really the, the main bit of the action the first half of the race. Um, the first main retirement was Clerk, whose engine cut off in the middle of the final uh, chicane, which caused, caused him to spin. And after that, there was a few overtakes into turn one and two, but again, not many. Grosjean had a bit of side-by-side action with a few Couple of cars. and um, the most famous one so far was um his battle with Raikkonen on the start finish straight, where yet again Grosjean moved. This time not under braking. This time he was just on the straight. Well, uh, Raikkonen had pulled out to overtake him. I mean, I understand moving a little to defend your line once a cars alongside you, but. They left it a bit too late. Raikkonen had already pulled out, when Grosjean decided to move over, and could have quite easily caused an accident, quite a big accident, really, that it took both of them out. Grosjean, in the previous few races, especially Britain, and now what he's done in Spain, kind of, kind of hints to me that he's checking out this season. It clearly doesn't. Particularly care about his driving standards and people here racing. It's a, he's been a bit on edge and over the edge a few times now and he's driving like a guy who's pretty tired, I think, of the car he's been given by Haas. He's, um, and I think he knows that he was lucky to keep a seat for this season and he'll probably won't be there next year. Who'll replace him at Haas though? I mean, the prime candidates are Perez and Hulkenberg. Perez is probably going to end up getting kicked out of his racing point slash Aston Martin seat by Vettel. That's rumoured to be announced this week, or next week actually, in Spa. Um, The second one would be Hulkenberg, who's still looking for a seat and has been really impressive in his return uh, for two races at Silverstone. First, he was obviously unfortunate to not to race, but his second, he was great qualifying, finishing in P3 and had a pretty solid race. He was looking to finish ahead of Lance Stroll until he had to make an additional pit stop, which was unfortunate. But I think he's pretty much confirmed to a lot of people in the sport that he is capable still of racing at a very, very good level. It's a shame that he's never had the chance to race for one of the top teams. Ross Braun over this week revealed that in 2013 when Mercedes signed Lewis Hamilton from McLaren that the number two choice for that seat was actually Nico Hulkenberg. Which I, th- I think is a bit of a shame that the guy really hasn't had a chance at a race-winning car. Because he has, he's has shown his speed over the years. But then again, people in the sport obviously don't see that final cutting edge. And either Ferrari, Red Bull, or Mercedes to ultimately take the chance on him. So of the seats that are most available, you would probably say Haas is the likeliest. But with a Hulkenberg or a Perez wanting to take a seat in Haas just just to be on the grid, Haas seemed to be going backwards and backwards every year. Last year they couldn't get a handle on the tires, the way the car was treating them. They could never get them in the right operating window to to get them through the race with decent pace. And it seems to be having similar troubles this year. They were really quite quick on Friday practice in Spain. But, but time came to race. They were running quite near the back. They really didn't, really didn't have any pace to show at all. Either in qualifying and especially in the race. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was Grosjean's last year and he's driving. It's certainly showing that. And it's probably you'd be looking at Perez or Hulkenberg to go into one of those seats that are still available. Either that or Alfa Romeo, potential having seats there. I don't really see Kimi Raikkonen showing too much enthusiasm so far, being at a car that's at the back of the grid. This was probably the best weekend for him in a while he got out of Q1 got into Q2 for the first time this season but again, it doesn't look like he's particularly enjoying the experience and When you hear the uncut radio message between him and his engineer, it certainly doesn't seem like a happy camp there. But overall in the race, it looks like it's Hamilton's title already. I mean, the only things that are going to stop him is the COVID infections, which we saw with Sergio Perez, who had to drop out two races because he picked up an infection, or just retirements and bad luck, as we saw in Britain. But even, even in Britain, he still managed to win the race on three wheels. So, ultimately, it looks like it's just Hamilton's title now. Verstappen is putting a good claim on second. Valtteri Bottas has again showing that he's really not got what it takes over, over weekend after weekend over a season to be really a challenge for a title. He had a great start to the season in Austria. Won the first race. Hamilton had a terrible weekend. But what happens when Ham- Hamilton does a terrible weekend is he seems to be able to bounce back immediately. And start taking control. And once Bottas's head seems to drop a little, that seems to be him. And he seems to seems to become disheartened pretty quickly, and doesn't really have the raw speed to match Hamilton lap after lap race after race. He had bad luck in the first race at uh, Britain, where he got his puncture. A couple of laps from the end, which took him out the points. But even then, he, I feel. In his recovery in the last few laps, he could have got a point but overtaking Vettel. He backed out of it. He could have probably overtaken Hamilton at the start. He backed out of it. This week in Spain, he got compromised going into Turn 1 and Turn 2. got pinched and ended up dropping down the field. He quickly fought back to third. But again, it's a mistake and it's not showing the raw pace that he needs to catch up with Hamilton and even Verstappen. Verstappen's able to manage the tyres and really pull out good pace out of that car pretty consistently. Bottas really hasn't been able to manage them in the past two races. Looking at, though, Red Bull, um, Max Verstappen's also pulling the best he can out of that car. They capitalised in the second race at Silverstone on the tyre troubles that Mercedes had. Max Verstappen was able to nurse his tyres better, keep the temperatures down make them last longer and really get the full potential out of that car. He's teammate, at, however, Alex Albon, finished P8 in Spain. That's after a, it's been a pretty poor start to the season, I'd say, for Alex. He's struggling in qualifying to get anywhere near Verstappen. He's been knocked out in Q2, I think twice now. And he's had a few decent recovery drives to get some points on the board, but for a Red Bull driver, that's that's not really good enough. People point to the two races where he could have podiums. Brazil last year and Austria this year. But ultimately, those weren't podiums at raw pace. was were podiums due to incidents with safety cars. And in Austria, Mercedes didn't change the tyres under the safety car, where Alban did, so had a really good chance of winning the race. But the raw pace isn't always there for Alex and it isn't there most of the time right now part of the sport is capitalising on the situations and safety cars, taking advantage of those like Landon Norris has done to get a podium like Charles Leclerc has done to get two podiums and an uncompetitive Ferrari but Alex isn't quite doing it Um, Red Bull seem like they're going to back him though they've uh, they've put in an experienced race engineer with him They keep saying they're going to back him. They keep saying they want to help him. Over the radio at the end of the race in Spain, um, Alex was complaining that he could not manage the tyres. He was trying everything he could. He couldn't make the tyres last. The car was snapping on entry to the corner and snapping again on the exit of the corners, which meant he couldn't really extract the base on the car. He couldn't keep it under total control. It was a bit unpredictable, and he really couldn't make the tyres last in the way that Max Verstappen can. It seems like a difficult car to drive. Um, Clearly Max is able to just do his talent, pull something out of that car that Alex can't. So over the next, I think we're rumoured to have 17 races now, so over the next bunch of races, Alex has got to start closing that gap uh, to Max. I mean, Red Bull have been ruthless in the past from replacing gasoline, replacing Fiat. I don't think they'll replace Albon during the, during the season. Sorry, They seem to see potential, more potential in Albon than they did in Gasly. They seem to think that Albon can get closer to Verstappen. And they're trying to do, build a team around them and get everything they can. I mean, even after a race on Saturday, uh, Christian Horner came over the radio to, to Alex and said that we're going to help. We're going to get to the bottom of this. We'll get you through it. So, the, the the support seems to be there for Albon, but he's really got to look at the remainder of the season of simply just cutting the gap to Verstappen. If he can get within a tenth and a half of Verstappen and qualifying, it would have been a good achievement for him. A really good achievement. What's kind of putting a bit of pressure under Albon, I think, is the performances at Gasly. He finished P9 in this race. I think he's driven really well to start of the season. Um his pace has been good, it's quite impressed me. His racecraft seems to be a lot better. He's pulled off some good overtakes, wheel to wheel action's been pretty good, been pretty tidy. And he's he's really impressing that Alpha car, which seems to be a pretty decent car. So it's been hanging around the bottom end of the points most races. It, it looks like a good package that they built this year and it certainly gasly seems to be impressing. Kvyat yeah, I think's done a pretty decent job as well this year, but I don't I don't really see Red Bull ever considering him for a, a main Red Bull seat again. Gasly, however, he just needs to keep putting in the performances he's putting in, getting a bit more work, getting into points more regularly, and just keep chipping away. If Albon's continue to have troubles at the end of the year, and if he's still half a second, six tenths off of Verstappen, then can quite easily see. Red Bull having another look at Gaz. I mean, he seems to have matured a lot since he was dropped. He got his podium last year, again, because of the safety car, but capitalised on it. I mean, all round, he's got to be happy with the start of his season. I know he's been frustrated after a few races this year. I think he was frustrated after P9 this race. I think he was frustrated after the second week in Silverstone. But he's, I think you've got to be pleased with what he's done so far. But further up the grid, Sebastian Vettel finally got some points on the board. Finished P7 and um, on a one-stopper. I think he did 39 laps on the soft tyre, which is quite impressive. Um, talking about team radios earlier, the team radio between Vettel and his race engineer was getting a little bit touchy at times. Um, Vettel had initially asked at one point on his soft tyres, what pace should I do? started pushing, and then three laps later he was asked to go at the end, which I think was an extra 16 laps or something at that point, which he, he didn't seem happy about, But and you could tell the race engineer wasn't very happy with his response, but only they made it last, it fell, only fell from P5 down to P7, but still, it was a good result for him, hopefully a bit of confidence comes back in it for tell, but you can tell that the relationship there is strained. Um Team Radio after the past couple races in Britain were just silence from Vitel after the race. Um that car clearly isn't working for either driver the way they want it, but especially for Vitel. he's miles off where he really wants to be and where he needs to be. Um has been comfortable ahead of him every race, every qualifying. Um It was the one instant in Austria where the two collided, but again, that really wasn't Vettel's fault. But there has been rumours swirling a line this week that Vettel actually might be dropped uh, by the end of the season. Um, If the relationship continues to go down the way it is, I personally don't really see that. Um, The two rumoured names for replacing them were Raikkonen and Hulkenberg. Raikkonen... He's probably going to be retiring this year If the offer came up for him to go back to Ferrari. He would probably take it, I would guess. Um, And Hulkenberg, would he take a drive with Ferrari for 10 races before he then signs with a team further down the grid? Probably Alfa Romeo or Haas. I guess he probably would. Um, But I don't see the benefit, really, to be honest, in dropping Vettel early. I don't see the benefit for Vettel either. I'm sure he'll want to race uh, some of the run some of the new tracks we've got coming up, like Emoa, Porto, well Portugal, a couple of races in Magello, and then we're going to Sochi, and then after that is rumored to be Istanbul, and also the Nurburgring. So I don't think he'll particularly want to miss out on those races, um, and I don't think. PR-wise, it would look particularly good for them both to split ways before the end of his contract. The only way I would probably see that happening is if there was a lot of driver movement for the end of the season, where Signs took up his position at position Ferrari early, and Ricardo then went to McLaren, etc. Et and I don't really see any of that happening, so I think it'll be a long, long messy split between Vettel and Ferrari up to the end of the season. Patel's probably going to be signing with Racing Point. as the Martin has rumoured, which I think is a decent move. Racing Points have disappointed me all season after the hype that has been going at them every weekend. Um, they've been hyped up every weekend as the second quickest team or the third quickest team and they've never really delivered. You've got Wando Norris with McLaren and Charles Leclerc with Ferrari got on the podium in slower cars. Um, and neither Perez or Stroll have managed to get on the podium yet. This race was P4 and P5. so a pretty good outcome, to be honest. Um, they probably are slower than the Red Bull and Max's hands are clearly much quicker than the Red Bull and Albin's hands. But P4 and P5 is a decent result. They'll be looking for podiums for the end of the year. So far they haven't capitalised when Hamilton's had a problem, Bottas has had problems, Verstappen's had problems. Others have capitalised, they haven't. They really need to extract the maximum pace they've got out of that car now before our teams start to catch up they've also had points deducted now so again it's really in the next few races they really need to be getting points on the board, big points and if they want podiums I think they really need to start getting them in the next 3 or 4 races because you can see other teams are taking steps I mean Renault took a good step on Friday practice and then were pretty slow on Saturday in the race McLaren are chipping away. They've got a decent package there. Ferrari, McLaren seems to be pulling a lot out of that car that Vettel hasn't. So, racing point have been a disappointment for me so far, and so they really need to start getting the points on the board and really in the third place in the championship. Because ultimately, that's that's going to be the rain for the rest of the season, unless they consistently start getting the podiums and then maybe looking at the Red Bull think it second and thirds, thirds and fourths. Back then again further down the grid. McLaren, good race, P six, P ten. It looks like they've got a decent car that in some tracks will be fighting around fifth and sixth. Other tracks I'll be lower into the points, but they're consistently getting in the points. Especially Norris, doing quite well. Chipping away at it. I mean they're definitely making steps forward. Um the big thing for all these teams is going to be 2022 when we get the new cars and next year it's continuation of what they've got now just with minor changes, developments. So everyone's looking at 2022 and after this race in Spain, I'm quite excited for it as well. Hopefully we'll actually see some course racing, some exciting racing. Spain isn't a track that really gives you good racing, but even then... You want to see a bit more action than we did, um, and hopefully the new cars, less aero disturbance behind each other. Hopefully it'll give us that, and hopefully we'll get more mixed up back. Mercedes' the outright qualifying pace is scary compared to everyone else. They're they're flying around constantly and are easily, easily a second, half a second quicker than any car in most tracks. Which, hopefully. I don't mind Mercedes winning. I don't mind Hamilton winning. i can't wait to see him break the record for most titles. But you want to see Costa Racing. You want to see people fighting for it and earn it. I mean, the race on Saturday couldn't have been easier for Lewis Hamilton if if everyone else had crashed out. I mean, it was nowhere near any other car the entire race. That really needs to change if Formula wants to become exciting again. Looking back at... Oh... I've been watching old reviews of, like, 2011 season, 2012 season, 2010. And you had close battles for the race, win a lot of the time. You had close battles for the podium. You really weren't 100% sure in a the season who was going to win, who was going to win the podium, who was going to win the points. There was a lot of teams, a lot of drivers fighting. And that's really what you want, because at the moment, at the moment we've got, in most races, we've just got show jumping between Hamilton, and Bottas, and Hamilton are winning out most of those just out of his raw skill and ability. Um, and his ability to manage the tyres now is is really really impressed. So hopefully that's what will be coming. Uh, I'm really excited for some of the new tracks we're going to get this year. I mean, Emma, not a new track, but I'm just extremely excited to see F one cars going around that track again. Um, it might not be the most exciting race, but. Uh, it's certainly a track that at least once in a while should be on the calendar. I mean, it's, it's a stunning track to watch cars go around. I used to love it on old, old games playing on it. I mean, I'm really excited for that. I'm really excited for the Nürburgring. Again, might not be an exciting race, but to see cars going around there, that'll be really great. It'll be in October, I believe, that race, maybe November. So it's going to be really cold, potentially very wet. And that's what makes it unpredictable if the weather's going like that. Um, so I'm really excited for those. Portugal, Magello tracks I don't really know much about. So I'm quite looking forward to seeing how those go. Um, There's rumoured to be Istanbul returning, which again has had some okay races in the past. I think 2010 was the one where was Vitell and Weber clashed and then I think we had Button and Hamlin fighting for the lead and the McLarens back then. So there could be good racing at that one. I didn't mind that track when it was there before. So that would be a good addition. Um, And then the last the penultimate race and the race before will apparently be at Bahrain. The normal track and then there's rumoured to be the long outside track which Harder has any corners, it's got the sort of fast S's section, um, a couple of extra kinks up the top side of the track, then you're just back on the straights. So that will be, a I imagine, an extremely boring race. Uh, but understandably, F1 are desperate for tracks. They want to get 17 races on this season, if that's the way they've got to do it, that's the way they've got to do it. Um... Think it would probably be better just to get the same track layout twice. Bahrain's not the worst layout in the world, but the proposed outer loop layout was looks like there'll be next to no racing whatsoever. Um, so I'd like to see I like to see them try something a bit different there if they they can find a track layout that's has got a bit more to it in the middle sector and the final sector, but if that's what they're stuck with, that's what they're going to be stuck with. Hopefully we'll get some decent racing though. Um, Up till Abu Dhabi. Um, I really don't want to see a title decided four or five races before the end of the season as we have done recently. Really want to get a title decided got in the last race. It's going to be Hamilton's. he's got a massive gap now and failing Feeling COVID-19, him contracting that virus, or feeling continual mechanical faults and blow-ups. Can't see him ever being caught. But we can live and hope. We can hope that there's going to be an exciting finale this year. Now, looking just at the BTCC now, uh, the next championship, which I focus a lot of my attention on. We've had uh, two rounds of the season so far, six races in total. Um, The first races were at Donington, um, back in the start of July, I think, or maybe wrong on that, end of July. Three races, I was pretty disappointed with them, in all honesty, Uh, returning to touring car racing, I was quite excited for it. I thought that the driving standards during that race event really weren't weren't up to task, to be honest. Um there was quite a lot of rubbing, especially race one. I think you had Josh Cook cutting corners in the first race and spinning a few times. Uh, we had Nicholas Hamilton in the gravel a few times, so his name went on to score his first point. So congratulations to him. But I think overall the standards weren't really there the first few races. There was also a bit of rust kicking in. But first race was won by Dan Kamish. second race Colin Turton, third race Ash Sutton. And those three are really my pick for the title fight this year. All three they've got good pace. You know, Colin Turkington, um, he just pucks away at it. He doesn't take risks. He just gets points on the board, points on the board. So he's always going to be there come the end. And Ash Sutton and in Infinity just look super quick in the race. I don't know where He doesn't seem to have the pace in qualifying from what I've seen. But in the race, he's flying through. One thing I've noticed though with Sutton so far is um, when he's been overtaking cars, once he's got past them and entered a corner, it seems to be moving over to give them a little nudge. Which I think in the first race at Donington, if I remember my size has been right, he he would end up putting them off the track. But he's been doing it in other races as well and it's not really a move that it was annoying me watching it because I could see why he was doing it. I think he was trying to stop the other driver cutting back. But it's a lot of it it's a little bit naughty in my opinion and it's not something he really needs to do because he's got the pace in the car. I mean, he's, he's got the pace in the car to overtake everyone that's in front of him and really get up fighting for the podium places. He doesn't really need to be doing that. He doesn't really need to be taking the risks of contact and spinning off and if he's wanting to fight for the title little things like that I think needs to he needs to cut out in the next few races. Just focus on getting points on the board and you'll be there come the end. Second meet-up was in uh, Brands Hatch, which Roley Butcher looked super quick on. I was quite impressed with him, but unfortunately, punctures took him out of the running. Dropped him well down. Uh, Dan Camish won the first race, Colin Tuckerton won the second, Tom Moffat won the third, um, which is just a bit of a surprise. Aidan uh, Moffat, another Infinity. Looks like he's kind of struggling with that car this year. Um, they moved to the Infiniti early last year while I'm out of the test but as I understand they have changed a lot of the parts in that car and he just doesn't seem to have the pace that Ash Sutton has he did finish 4th by the end uh, race 3 at Brands Hatch but he really needs to start pulling more out of that car Um, Sutton is flying away in the races and in a few races Moffat's been getting stuck and had a bit of contact at Brands Hatch as well so he really needs to be picking it up um, by the end of the season Colin Turquett and Dan Camish are really my picks for the bit to be fighting at the end of this, at the moment Tom Offen and Tom Ingram are sitting ahead of Dan Camish but come the end of the year I think it'll be those three that'll be really, be, really be close in fighting, Rory Butcher if he gets a good clean run at it he looks super quick and Bran if he can get a clean run at it and really start pushing up there he could be in there by the end, but that's what's great about touring cars. You can go into the last day and have six or seven drivers fighting for the title. Um, it's it, it's so close and the order gets mixed up so much that you're not really sure who will win by the end of it. It's brilliant, brilliant excitement. Turkington at the moment has got a 16-point lead over Ash Sutton, but that's next to nothing in touring cars. That, that can change pretty quickly. The next race is going to be at Alton Park. It's a great track. I think we're going to have some brilliant racing there. No, uh, no Jason Plato although this year, which I think is a shame. Really missing him. Um, but it's at this point to see a few guys missing off the track this year. Andy Jordan, he's been doing historic races. Not really. It's been a bit of a shame not have the guys like that on the track, but been a good fight so far, the giant giant standards definitely improved in the race too There's still a few incidents but the standards overall seem to be a lot better Um, but you can probably put down the rust the first week so hopefully going into the open park get some good races this weekend Um, no F1 this weekend so that will be the main main motorsport on uh, on Sunday we also have the Indy 500 this Sunday uh, which it's not a race uh, I'll ever watch all the way through. I'm going to dip in and out of just to catch it. The big news in that is obviously from an F1 perspective, is Fernando Alonso competing again this year. He uh, didn't qualify last year, qualified this year in 26th position. So he'll be looking to climb up the race order and try and, try and complete, I think it's triple crown the got. So he's won on now, he's won Monaco Grand Prix. He's going for the Indy five hundred. And this could be his last chance at it. Last chance with McLaren. Um Reno, Team Principal Cecil, whatever his name is, Cyril, I can't remember. Um he said that next year there's gonna be no distractions for all on, so fully committed to F one, so he's not gonna release him for the Indy five hundred. So this is gonna be the last chance really for like two, three, four years. Uh when then uh, he'll be in his mid forties and he'll be trying to uh, trying to get a seat. Mid forties might be tough for him. So this is gonna be the last chance to you really try and get through the order and try and get this one. No idea if he'll do it. And the cars not a watch every now and again. It's not something I know too much about but I'm quite excited to watch it and and see how Alonso does. Um I could, I could be wrong in saying that he's probably got no chance from that far back, but we'll wait and see. Apart from that, this weekend is pretty lean on what I watch anyway for motorsport. I'm quite looking forward to span two weeks' time for the Formula One. Uh, I'm really interested to see um, how is going to get on with Ferrari at that race, um, if their power disadvantage is going to be. We really pronounced going on that back straight on the first straight. Um, the really be struggling on there. Um, I'm really interested to see if uh, Verstappen can close up the distance to Mercedes again in the qualifying trim. I'm guessing not. But it should be a good race. Should be an exciting race. Quite looking forward to that. But this weekend, BTCC. That's the main. That's the main viewing this weekend. So, hope you enjoyed the first episode. Uh, let me know any feedback, uh, audio issues. Um, and give me a follow on Twitter, at Bar66, if you're not already following me. And we'll see you again next time.